I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you believe in past lives? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. And in this episode, we'll be exploring the phenomena of reincarnation. This week, we're focusing on life before life rather than life after death. Reincarnation, also known as rebirth or transmigration, is the philosophical or religious concept that the non-physical essence of a living being begins a new life in a different physical form or body after biological death. Our listener, Abby, got in touch all the way from New Zealand to suggest this topic. I can't wait to hear the paranormal stories that you've sent in to us. Does your child remember their previous life? Or have you had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial or something unexplained? Send us a voice note into this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com and you could be featured on the next episode. And now back to Abby and her email. Hi, my name is Abby. I'm 16 years old and live in New Zealand. I've always been fascinated with the paranormal and finding ways to explain the unexplained. One of the things I love to think about is the idea of reincarnation, and I would love to hear more about your views and ideas around this interesting theory. A while ago, in one of your podcasts, Are Children More in Tune with the Spirit World?, I heard you talking about the idea of lost souls becoming children's imaginary friends. This started an avalanche of thoughts in my head, and wow, what an amazing theory. At the beginning of this year in my science class, we briefed over one of the basic physics theories that energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred. Everybody in my class seemed to be quite content with just noting this down in their books, but for me, again, it got me thinking. When we die, where does our energy go? It can't be destroyed, only transferred. So, what happens to it? Our souls are practically our living energy, so what happens to them? I like to think of it as a waiting room, a place where we wait to find that perfect being to begin a new life with. In this waiting room, do we continue living our normal lives, living in our homes, fulfilling our daily routines, like turning the tap on to brush our teeth, then walking the corridor to get into bed? Or are we able to see the world as it is and transform the energy from objects around us to help us contact and interact with the living? Perhaps once our time in the waiting room is over and the perfect being is found for us, we are born as a new addition to the human species. I love the movie Baby Geniuses, released in 1999. In this, scientists are experimenting on babies to crack the code of baby talk. 
These scientists believe that babies are highly intelligent and know all the secrets of the world. Due to only being able to communicate using baby talk, adults are unable to understand what they're talking about. However, once they reach an age where they can talk, they forget all of the secrets and information about the world and therefore grow up and start talking in their talk language. What if we were to apply this idea to real life and babies can remember everything about their past life right up until the moment they begin to talk? Could this perhaps be the reason for babies being so intelligent and able to learn things very quickly? It is universally known that children seem to be more susceptible to being able to access the spirit world, or in this case, the waiting room. Is that because they have recently experienced being in the waiting room without knowing it? This gives even more reason for children having imaginary friends. Is their imaginary friend their past self? Or is this child contacting their past self's friend, who is still in the waiting room, trying to find a way to transfer their energy into another being? Perhaps children are also more susceptible to the spirit world because without knowing it, they were there not too long ago. It is said that when you die, you see a white light. Perhaps these people who have had near-death experiences almost had their energy and soul transferred to another human and were instantly able to find that perfect new being, therefore skipping the waiting room period. Maybe this white light is the surgical lights of the birthing suite or operating room, depending on the method of birth. Perhaps the crying of a birth baby is the cry of relief of being able to take that first breath or the shock of being alive again or the pain of the past life death. Reincarnation is a subject that is forever evolving in my mind. There are many examples of children remembering their past lives and this could be down to a neurological medical condition much like Dr. Daniel Weisberg believes. But I believe it is more than that. There are too many very similar examples and cases out in the world for it not to be something paranormal. I hope this made some sort of sense. These are just some of my takes on the idea of reincarnation, some of which are more developed than others. I would love to hear your personal ideas about the subject, especially with your surplus of knowledge and experiences. I think this could be a really interesting topic for an upcoming podcast episode, something many listeners would love to hear and think about for themselves. Kind regards, Abby. Wow, Abby, for for a 16-year-old, I think uh, I'm going to remember your name and I think your name is going to crop up in a lot of um, paranormal, uh, maybe books, documentaries, maybe films. That brain of yours is fantastic. Um, I wish I'd had um, those thoughts at, at your young age. Keep up the good work and keep in touch as well. Well, as you know, my personal mantra, Abby, is seeing is believing. And so with the subject of reincarnation, I was in two minds. Were these people who were convinced they had been Henry VIII or a serving wench from the 1500s just delusional? Or was something out of the ordinary happening to them? Well, as we all know, we humans only use a tiny percentage of our brain power. What secrets and memories are held within our brain that the majority of us keep locked up for all our lives? I remember talking to one spirit at a location called Belgrave Hall in Leicester in England. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, We were communicating using the Ouija board and a gentleman spirit came through and I think his name was Ellis. I asked him if reincarnation was real and he replied that yes, indeed it was. I cannot tell you how excited I was at this response. This was the first time in all my years of of asking this question over and over again that I had 
such confirmation from the other side. I then asked him, why does he not reincarnate? And his answer um, is that he never wants to come back to our plane, the plane that we're on now. And I said, why? And he answered and spelt out the letters to form the word family. So I surmised to him that he uh, saw the house that we were investigating then as it was when he and his family lived there in the 1800s and that he didn't want to leave his house and his family. And if any of you have seen the film, The Others, this is exactly what was going on here in Belgrave Hall. This gentleman who once owned the property with his family loved it so much, he did not want to leave. He did not want to go to the other side. He was very happy with his family who were also in the spirit world and they were seeing the house as they saw it when they were alive, which is completely different to us. It's, it is true. It's like a veil. This veil is completely, you know, shrouds uh, the two planes. Um, and and it really is extraordinary. So the fact that Mr. Ellis really did confirm that reincarnation is possible just, well, it was just extraordinary to me. And I was a very, very happy person. I believe that our souls are infinite and we can come back and experience many different lives. But why? If every soul I've ever talked to doesn't want to come back, which is the truth, they don't, how come there seems to be countless stories of people recalling their past lives? I think it is a way for us to feel every emotion, live every kind of life possible. And with that, an understanding rests within our souls that only when we leave this life do we really begin to understand the universe and the energies that that we're part of. The standout moment for me believing in reincarnation was reading about the cockle case in Ireland. I was absolutely stunned that a young girl knew that she had a family living uh, in Ireland, in a completely different country, she was uh, a mother who had lost her children in this other life. And in this life, her life, she was to be reunited with that old family. Jenny Cockle, who was born in 1953, England, began dreaming of a place called Malahide in Ireland at the young age of four. She began to experience memories um, of a young woman called Mary Sutton. Now, apparently Mary had many children, which to her shame and guilt, she abandoned them. Now, so convinced was Jenny of this past life as she grew up, she was able to draw a map of the village she lived in as Mary and recounted personal things that Mary's children, some who were still alive, could remember. Mary's children missed their deceased mother, obviously. And when I saw these pictures of a young Jenny Cockle who was in her 30s, she was reunited with her Irish children who bizarrely enough were decades older than her. It just blew my mind. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget sort of watching this uh, documentary and uh, after me reading about this story. And these elderly people who were... Um, Mary Sutton's children, they actually started to call Jenny mother because Jenny was recounting information that was so precise to these uh, relatives, these older people, that these these relatives, these, these children of Mary's 
just embraced her and started crying and calling her mammy. And it was extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but to be finally reunited uh, as a family like that is is just extraordinary to me. And this story is remarkable. And obviously, there are the naysayers and the scientists who believe that Jenny Cockle made it all up, not on purpose, but subconsciously. And as a child, things were put into her brain and her brain was recalling things that she had no memory of. But there are so many tiny details that she couldn't possibly have known. This, to me, is one of the most convincing reincarnation stories that I've ever come across. Obviously, I've just scratched the surface with this case, but there's plenty of reading material on the subject. And if you go onto YouTube, have a look at Jenny Cockle, Jenny and then C-O-C-K-E-L-L, and then the title Reincarnation, Strange But True. And I think you'll find it just as compelling as I did. Also, another great uh, read on this subject is this book, 30 Most Convincing Cases of Reincarnation by Trues Hardo. And by the way, I'd love to find out who I was in a previous life, wouldn't you? I wonder if we were all famous. So how do you know if you've lived before? Well, there's lots of experts on the subject. And as I said, there's loads of books and loads of documentaries. You know, really uh, ha have a look. And, and once you go down the rabbit hole, it'll be a while before you come back out. But some experts believe that if you have, say, for instance, an unusual illness or a physical disability, it could be a sign that you've lived before and that something traumatic occurred uh, and that you've carried that over into this life. So, for example, if you have constant back pain like me, oh, it's the bane of my life. It could be because you were stabbed or shot in the back during a battle. Apparently, uh, after having regular regression sessions with a qualified expert or doctor, once the past life is accepted and addressed, the pain will eventually disappear in most cases. Maybe that's something I need to do. What about fears and nightmares? Now, my mum, for example, is convinced that she was hanged in another life. Now, my husband, Carl, would say that's probably because she was a witch. But joking apart, she does have a terrible fear of choking. Now, this honestly, this is so bad that she has to, she can't eat certain things, she can't drink certain things because she she really does fear, absolutely terrified of choking and collapsing. And, and when you, uh, you know, she's 71 and when you live on your own, that is a huge fear of nobody finding you. But my mum is absolutely petrified and she's convinced, she said, I think I was hanged in, a, in another life. I really really believe that, Yvette. I really do. And I, I believe her. I believe that she believes it. What about a terror of flying? Perhaps that person died in an air crash. Or of course, there's birthmarks. Now this I find extraordinary that a birthmark uh, can be seen on a person. And when regressed, it transpires that the mark is where the person was maimed leading to their death. And small children that begin telling their parents of peculiar historical details or statements that have no bearing on their lives whatsoever. For instance, in Carol Bauman's book, it's called Children's Past Lives, um, documented a case of a little girl called Elspeth. Now, this is a passage from the book. 18-month-old Elspeth had never spoken a complete sentence. But one evening, as her mother was bathing her, Elspeth spoke up and gave her mother a shock. I'm going to take my vows, she told her mother. Taken aback, she questioned the baby girl about her quick statement. I'm not Elspeth now, the child replied. I'm Rose, but I'm going to be Sister Teresa Gregory. 
So if your child ever says anything out of the ordinary, don't shrug it off. Do a bit of historical digging. Strange dreams that are very specific, showing places, buildings, street names, etc. Check them out. I'm, I can't tell you the amount of hours I spend googling strange names and places and people's faces and jobs. And they just come to me and I think, what? I wonder if that's connected to me. I wonder if that's somehow to do with a past life. Nine times out of 10, I find nothing, which is really frustrating. But I keep trying. You never know. And another good recommendation for a good read is this book. And it's called Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, And it's bought by Dr. Brian Weiss, spelt W-E-I-S-S. It's a true story of a prominent psychiatrist, his young patient, and the past life therapy that changed both their lives. There's a bit of a love story in there as well. But it really is a fantastic book. I remember my mum bought it and she told me to read. And I read it many years ago, but I think I'll give it another spin. This week's story is from Matt S, who had a strange visitor in his modern-built flat in South East London. I wanted to tell you about an experience I had before the first pandemic started. I live on the second floor in a modern-built block in South East London. I'd been trying to do some work lying on the bed, as you do, and got up to make a brew. My living room is open plan with the kitchen at one end and the dining table lounge at the other end. I walked into the kitchen to put the kettle on and turned around in amazement to see something, someone standing next to the table. I say it like that because, and here it gets strange, it was almost like they were wearing an invisibility cloak, much like the ones used in a certain kid's film. I could even see a tie point at the top. I couldn't see anything underneath, some slight movement, other than down their left-hand side was the brightest blue visible strip, almost like the lower part of a dress. After about what seemed like several minutes, probably actually 10 seconds, it moved towards me, shrinking to a small ball and flew at speed past me down the hallway. I have never seen anything like it before, even though I've had many experiences. I wasn't frightened at all. Ever since, it has left me wondering who or what visited me that day, even slightly annoying that they didn't actually give me a message. Or was that the fact that they were putting in an appearance the message in itself? I thought invisibility cloaks were fictional. Now I'm beginning to wonder. I feel like this is the kind of story someone would make up, but this was real, very real to me. If anyone has any ideas, please help. I definitely think that this apparition was someone letting you know, Matt, that they were with you. I don't know if you were experiencing some kind of personal stress at the time, maybe as was the rest of the world suffering with the pandemic. Sometimes when we're low, The spirit world and our deceased loved ones like to let us know that no matter how lonely, how sad or upset we may feel, you are never, ever alone in this world and that they are always your loved ones, your guides, your friends, people that have passed on. They want to let you know that they are there with you. This spirit was there for you. If not a loved one, it could have been a guy just popping in to say, hello. 
the invisibility cloak you described, I have actually seen myself. It was more of a film of water that seemingly hung around the image of the ghost. Um, and it was a female spirit. I always remember, I've forgotten the location that I was at, but I was walking along a corridor and I saw these feet and they were like in old fashioned, I call them sort of Jane Austen type uh, lady shoes and um, the hem of a, of a skirt. And then above that, it was just like a, a cloak of water over the top. And as the spirit glided across the corridor and in through the wall, the whole thing like you describe as like a cloak, the whole thing moved like water. So it really was an extraordinary thing. Um, and I've never seen anything like that since. It was really quite extraordinary and, and jaw-dropping to say the least. But many spirits um, do show themselves in light form or in an orb shape, as, as you described. This is what happened to you. So the spirit sort of crumpled down in size and went into a, into a ball and went down the corridor. They're balls of light and they shine and glow in many different colours. And I have the most amazing photo of my dad. Um, and uh, it was taken at my 40th birthday. Forgive me if I've mentioned this before in a previous episode. Um, but I was stood on a stage and I had my hands up in the air. And um, it was taken, this photograph was taken on a very old, um, not that old, but it was, yeah, it was 13 years ago. And so the phones, you know, we didn't have iPhones then. It was sort of a very bog standard. I think it was a Nokia or something. And Carl took the picture on his phone. The next day he was in the office and he put it on uh, his laptop and he noticed a small blue orb above my head and he blew it up and it's my dad. It's as, and I show it to people and they go, oh my God, it's not one of those pareidolia uh, things where you're sort of making shapes out of, you know, strange clouds and things. It's, it, he's there. You can see his face. He's smiling at me. It's incredible. Um, so if you actually manage to capture an orb on a, you know, with a photograph with your phone, or if you manage to capture one on video, pause it, blow it up, blow it up as best you can. And you never know, you might find a face in there. Well, I hope I've helped, Matt. Please keep in touch and let me know if you see this spirit again. And rest assured, this spirit is nice. And I'll go as far as saying they love you very much. Mum's The Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's The Word. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, I have the absolute pleasure and delight and it's a first for me. I've never done this before. Um, I want to talk to somebody that has had um, a variety of paranormal experiences in their young life. And there's the hint, the clue, young. And uh, she's my daughter, Mary. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you, Mary, on, on the podcast, welcome, by the way. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is because you're the youngest ever most haunted team member. Um, you have had paranormal experiences from being a very little, well, being very young when we moved into this house. Um, and, um, your experiences on Most Haunted, I can say you've been incredibly brave and gone off on your own. (laughs) And you've also, uh, well, you're a witch, a white witch. Yeah. Okay. And, um, we'll talk about all of those things, but first of all, let's talk about, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's talk about when you were little and can you remember the very first paranormal experiences you ever had? I think the first time that we had a proper sit down kind of conversation about, you know, what mum and dad did for a living was in this house or on the dining room table. And then we dove straight into a seance. Um, <laughs> so I think that was, was the, one of the first times where you, you officially kind of said, listen, mum and dad, they do a telly show and then, you know, we, we speak to ghosts and stuff and ghosts are real and you're about to speak to your granddad and all of that was very mind boggling. But um, I think one of the first, first things um, I remember being maybe, I don't know, nine and uh, had a stack of DVDs on top of this, you know, the old box tellies that you see, where you used to be able to put stuff on the top of the actual telly. And for no reason at all, I was just playing or doing something and they all just got thrown across my room and they all, you know, went into the wall and everything. And then I was, you know, I don't remember thinking that's not a breeze. There's no breeze or anything. Even when I, at that age, I was going, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> trying to kind of like pinpoint what could have happened. And then I think I ran right up to you and I went, mummy, mummy, that something weird's just happened in my bedroom and all that. And I think you must have, you know, you, when when you're that young, you don't really want to be telling your children that, that you know, it's probably the ghost of your, of your granddad. So I think you went, oh, I'm sure it was the breeze. I'm sure it was this. Don't worry, you go to bed now, Mary. And that was it. But uh, that was the first sort of paranormal experience I think I had. And then we had a seance a couple of months after that, uh, which is where I think I was more frightened of the candles that we had lit around the place falling over and putting the wooden table on fire than I was of actually speaking to the dead. I was more terrified of, of the fire being caused than anything else. So, yeah. 
One of the things that I remember was when we used to go, we used to go to a pub called the Bear's Head in, where is that? Brereton in Mm. Cheshire. And I remember the first time you spoke to your granddad, my dad, via the the knocking phenomena. Can you remember? And you ended up playing noughts and crosses. Yeah, I remember um, being really, really bored. And I think, uh, and I'd asked so many times for you, dad, or or my brother, Will, to, to play with me because I was that, bored of that age and you know didn't have smartphones or anything to keep yourself entertained so made a little lots and crosses thing do you want to play with me no 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 then all of a sudden the knocking started and that's when I went granddad do you want to play and he beat me every single time that we played so just explain what that is um so what happened was we draw the grid um and I would put like my circle somewhere and I'd go do you want to go here and I'd point to the empty spaces and we get a knock so I'd put an x where he had knocked out then I'd draw my circle and then he would fill in wherever I pointed to. And like I said, he beat me. We must have done them five times, beat me every single time. And was this now becoming the norm for you? You know, we'd, we'd you know, have dinner somewhere and the table would start shaking <laughs> yeah. and the knocking would start happening. And was it sort of just accepted? Were you ever really frightened of it? No, not really frightened. I think, um, you know, once you once you kind of get used to it, because that's what it was, it was just getting used to it, as in you 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 find that chairs had been stacked on tables all around the house when nobody was up or you'd find that, you know, uh, a, a doll that we'd, you know, have in the house would be moving randomly or things would be, you know, people would be walking around the house when nobody was in there. And you got used to that as well as the, whenever you'd go for a meal, you would hear the knocking and the vibrating and us having to make really bad excuses to (laughs) other people around us, you know, saying like, oh, sorry, my leg twitches or something like that, because this knocking would be so loud and people would be looking over and we'd have to be like, right, stop now, you know, know. stop twitching your leg, you know. know. And the cutlery going mental as well. Oh God. It sounds crazy, but it's true as a family. I don't know. just the energy because we're doing it all the time yeah I think um that's another thing is in like I think a lot of people they'll probably get exposed to this sort of stuff Mm. um later Mm. in life because you know they'll maybe they'll go through something or you know someone might pass away and then they'll start getting more interested in it or perhaps they've just always been a fan of the paranormal but being in a situation where you're brought up with it and you 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 hear the knocking and you hear all of that and, and that's just a normal thing it's I think it I don't know, you, you you don't have that fear of when it happens, whilst I'm sure that if people first started to get of that course, tapping, yeah. they would absolutely be cacking themselves. Yeah, that's true. So then we move on to um, Most Haunted. Mm. And how old were you when you came onto that show? I think I was, I think, I think, I, I think I was 18 when I first was actually right. on, like properly on, because I yes. think I've, there was one time when I was like 10 and I went on a Most Haunted Live and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I think I went on a Most Haunted Live and I wore, I remember my, my uh, fancy dress cape because I knew oh, that, I mom, that mom did yes. something spooky. So I thought it was quite oh, gothic. That's right. Um, but yeah, no. Um, was it, wh- where was the first one? Was it Eden Camp that you went to? It was Eden to? Camp. Which, which for those people who don't know, it's, it's sort of a, uh, an old military base. Mm. Uh, and it's where during World War II, there were, um, I think there were 
uh, prisoners of war yeah. that was that were put in these different sort of bunkers um, and allegedly haunted. There's a bungalow there as well where where there's lots of paranormal activity, like a little house, and mm. uh, I think there's a bike propped up against yeah, the wall inside, and it moves thing. on its own. Yeah. And I remember we were all there, and Mary's was Mary's first one, <laughs> and uh, it was a re- you know in the daytime you don't think anything of it as most of these places, but at nighttime and there's only sort of I think seven of us, eight of us in total. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. All the staff have gone. Everything's locked up. And then off you go. And I remember uh, us saying, right, we've got to split up, as you do. Um, somebody's got to go over to this section all on their own. And you said, I'll do it. Yeah. And you grabbed that camera. <laughs> <laughs> What possessed you? <laughs> All on your own. Yeah, I think it's 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 a weird. It sounds weird, but you kind of you you get hungry for that. I don't know being scared because of something. Because if you're scared because of something, that means something's happened. Mm. And what I wanted, I think, at that point was to I don't know to experience that that I wanted to experience the, the scary stuff of things being thrown of hearing growls directly in your ear I wanted to experience all of that so I was kind of greedy for it I wanted to you know I wanted to go through what what uh you know you you and dad had gone through um with so many bizarre things happening to them uh, I have to admit when I got there though that's when I kind of went oh right <laughs> bad decision <laughs> absolutely with realizing that you can't see anything and going if anything's in front of me right now, when I turn this camera around, I'm absolutely just, I'm just going to die on the spot. I mean, you can hear that. It's its probably on YouTube. By the way, it's not paranormal. I always have to say this. It's Watson <laughs> snoring in the background. Is it? Yeah. What do you mean, is it? <laughs> what it is. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you can actually see Mary in action uh, oh, on, <laughs> in, uh, on YouTube, probably. And then we did, then that was it then. You came on quite a few and you did Cape Thorn Hall with yeah. myself. and Did a few little lives and bits and bobs. Yeah, you did. You are very, very brave. And I have to say, normally when a parent is with the child, the parent is the... It's all right, Mary. Don't you worry. I'm here. I'm the brave one. Mother I'll bear. look after you, Mother yeah. Bear. It was the other way around. <laughs> it was the other way around. She took control. You are such a brave person, honestly. Come on, let's go in here. I don't want to go in there, Mary. Oh, no, I we need to go in here. I know. You're, you're incredibly brave. So, so your love of the paranormal has obviously stayed. And then, of course, you got into witchcraft. So yeah. what, what started all that off? Well, as in, obviously, you know, everybody... Everybody sort of like my age has uh, has their smartphones almost glued to the face. And I was going through some YouTube videos and I was going through some some TikToks and all that. And I noticed there was this uh, there was this girl who was, you know, I don't know, I think she, she was making the spell jar. And I remember thinking it was very weird because I'd heard obviously that witches and, and, and that sort of lot, they were they were uh, practitioners of, of what they believe was magic, but I'd never seen anybody actually do it. I'd only read about it. And um, then I began to see more videos, began to do more research. And then I began to go, oh, my God, this is actually brilliant. And it seems like something that I really kind of connect, you know, really uh, vibes with me Mm. um, that I can really kind of connect to. Um, Because it was a lot about, you know, um, the environment and being respectful of your environment and, um, you know, being positive and, you know, using intention and, and that sort of stuff. And I found it brilliant because it was it's almost like a really wacky way of cooking something with a really good outcome Mm. when you were making all of this weird stuff that most people would be like why on earth is she burning a candle and crushing eggshells what is she doing and in my head I'm going I know exactly what I'm doing here and I know what it's going to 
do for me in the long run. So it's um, it, it was it, that kind of draw it drew me to it. It was the whole mystery, and you want to learn so much about it because when you first begin, you you're trying to learn as much as possible about crystals, about different herbs, about different kind of witches, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's kind of like a, a an open field that you can just go and run around in and figure out what you like in there. Do you think it's helped with your confidence? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, I mean, we had, um, I did, you know, my little YouTube thing mm. um, uh, with it. And that that helped because obviously, you know, apart from doing the most haunted lives, I'd never really been directly, you know, and, and telling people how to. On camera. On camera and telling people how to do stuff um, from what I'd learned. But I think also, yeah, you become very, you become a little bit more independent because you begin to realize that you know something that, a very very niche group of people do mm. um you know not a lot of people know about you know witchcraft and, and what it means and a lot of them think that it's evil or whatever just because of what the connotations are so when you begin to learn about something that not many other people do know about of course it gives you a bit of confidence mm. because you're there going well i have something that i can do whilst you've got something that you can do mm. it's something that you can focus on and Kind of, I don't know. It's just, yeah, confidence booster. And and because witchcraft is all about cycles and rebirth and mm. so on, which brings us back to the topic which what I've been talking about on today's show, which is about reincarnation. So, do witches believe in reincarnation? Then, well, isn't it? I think um, witchcraft isn't really a religion as itself. So, there's no like fixed belief. Um, you have loads of different types of witches. Um, you know, you will have every type, but mostly, you know, mostly, mostly. <laughs> But mostly, um, it's an individual thinking process. You can say that I'm a green witch, I'm a white witch, I, I do dark magic, I do this, I do that, I'm Wiccan. But um, it's most an individual belief. So me personally, from what you know, I've experienced, what I've seen, what I've heard, then yeah, I do believe in reincarnation. At the end of the day, the whole point of witchcraft is you are um, taking from the earth with its consent and all of that and kind of bettering yourself. But at the same time, everything in this world has energy. So when something dies, it might be a choice of that energy that's within that personal being to come back and refill the earth with the same amount of energy. Mm. It, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, as we know, energy cannot die. It's my sort of what, another mantra of mine: energy cannot die. Yeah. It's not mine actually. It's Einstein's. <laughs> um, absolutely fascinating. Now, before we go, um, I, I, I just very quickly because I want you to do um, a. a uh, a spell just a very okay. quick spell oh gosh um, maybe for I don't know what, what's a good one that people like uh, people always love 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 spells oh do a love one quick well right so a very very quick one it's more of a jar spell yes that's what I like to do if you really really if you're single looking for love um, this is what I did get yourself some dried rose petals uh, and some eggshells and some rosemary Make sure that you use some incense, cleanse it all, cleanse the jar you're going to be using, stick all of that into a jar uh, with the eggshells, try and crush them, remove like the little inner layer of skin that it has, uh, crush it really, really finely, stick that in the jar as well, put the top on, use some wax to seal it, stick it in your windowsill and use your intention you know you got it this is the thing you've got to believe in it you can't mm. just be going well i've done that now do you, you know? say anything um no well you can if you like you don't have to but it's all it, 
the thing is, is that it's about intention. It's about the belief that it will happen. You can, there are words that you can do to kind of emphasize that. Sometimes it helps people because it, um, it's easier to put power behind words. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could say, um, you could say whatever you want. Find really. me some love. Literally. So you could it say, li- yeah, exactly. You could say, um, uh, uh, I'm asking for love. I'm asking for my soulmate. Please bring them towards me. And saying that, you're putting power behind those words. And because you're asking something to do it, it kind of gives that little edge of belief along with it, which helps your intention. Well, I want to know, really, maybe find out, I want to know who I was in in another life. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, if I was somebody really famous? That would be brilliant. That would be cool. Who who would you like to have been? Oh, I don't know. Marilyn Monroe, because yeah. then I'd have a story to tell, wouldn't I? You would have a story would I, to tell. Did I? Did I actually do it naturally? Was I killed? Who? Who? You, knows? You'd be able to tell. I'd us. be able to say. Yeah, I think I would like to have been, oh, a famous, a famous king, maybe mm. Henry VIII. That would be quite. Well, but good. Could you really deal with killing to your wives? No, not not really. Actually, thinking yeah, about it, no, the jury's out on that one. Yeah, and also, he was really fat as well. Only towards the end of his life, yeah, apparently. But still, I've much, I don't want to see my mum as a fat king. I really don't. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Mary. <laughs> well, um, come back and, and do another uh, spell for us, won't you? Yeah. When okay. we revisit witchcraft, you but, can summon me whenever you like. And also, just for everybody to know that uh, we're very proud of Mary because she's going. Uh, well, she is. She's in the RAF and just passed her basic training. Yeah. And you're off again, aren't you? Yes. You've been. So I'm, off, I'm off back to uh, to Holton to go and uh, fulfil duties, as it were. Okay, so there you go. And on our a person in the RAF who is a believer in the paranormal, a paranormal investigator, and a witch to boot. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank oh, you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. Do you believe in reincarnation? Let me know. I know who I'd like to have been in another life. Brian Epstein. And if you don't know who that is, look him up. We'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you. So please send an audio clip in telling us of your paranormal story to this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And we're also on WhatsApp and you can send in your voice notes uh, to this number 075-999-27537. That's 075-999-27537. And we also have an Instagram page as well. So follow us at this address at Paranormal Activity Pod. That's at Paranormal Activity Pod. And remember, join in with me. Things aren't always as they seem. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.